welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. My name is Caitlin, and with me today are... Jake, Chris, and Ames. And we're here today for episode 263, wherein we will discuss two more episodes of Star Trek The Voyager. This week we'll be talking about episodes 18 and 19 of season 3, Darkling and Rise. Bad names. Very bad names. I see a darkling rising. (laughs) Don't smile at me. (laughs) All right. considering having a new relationship and everybody has feelings about it and won't shut the fuck up about it. No one asks Neelix. Good. (laughs) None of his business anymore. Won't someone think of the men? But she seems to be doing pretty well for herself and uh, at the same time the doctor is trying out some new some new subroutines. Subroutines. He's been hanging out with Gandhi, Lord Byron, Socrates and T'Pau to try to add a little something something to uh, his personality. And, you know, people seem to have a lot of opinions about that, too. Balana's like, hey, you can't just fuck around with that. You might mess something up. And wouldn't you know it, she was right. The doctor winds up Jekyll and hiding all over the place, tries to kill a dude, the dude that he thinks Kess might be running off with, and, uh, yeah. I'm glad he didn't actually kill the dude. I'm glad the dude was okay. Yeah. But he did try to kill the dude. Uh, and all of this sort of culminates in a weird scene in the end when, like, Picardo, sorry, the doctor, tries to, it's kind of kidnapping Kess, try to make her stay, and uh, it's all, it just, it's great. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole episode, really. Good summary. Thanks. <laughs> so, concise. This is I like the one it. Caitlin understood, too. What? I was, what, was I wrong? No, no, I just, there's usually more detail, so now I was just like, oh, well, let's, I appreciate let's, it. Ju- I think let's jump I think in. we should all... Strive to be that concise. Did you did you hear yourself last week, Jake? No, I know it went for hours. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. So yeah, I, this episode is a mixed bag because really, like I said at one point while we were watching it, it's oh look, it's Kess's father figures talk down to her week because like both Tuvok and the EMH are just kind of like, where have you been, young lady? Hmm, it's like it's past fuck, curfew. Fuck off, she's an adult. Uh, I did appreciate that Janeway was basically like, get it girl, within the confines of, you know, sounding professional. Yeah. That was a nice change of pace after all that. The no, two of them get it. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, so that was like, the bullshit with Cass was very frustrating. But then just watching Robert Picardo ham it up was a delight. The, the most ham. So much. The most ham since the pants shittings back in, uh... Firefly. Firefly days. Uh, yeah, I guess he, originally the script had him be even more perverse and psychosexual, especially Ugh. with Cass. So they so they lessened that a little, but Jesus. it still seemed... and gave the gave the lion's share to uh, Bolana. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of gross. Yeah, he gets a little handsy with Bolana there. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I can tell like, about that. She came to the came to uh, sick bay because she was having tummy troubles, and he was being a creep. Yeah, could have done without. That. Well, what I'm glad we didn't do without is this scene that got removed because there was originally a scene in which Kess walks into the holodeck where where evil EMH is hanging out, experimenting on a whole bunch of hollow Kesses. Oh and, uh, no! And 
she's like, um, what? And he says, oh, just trying to get to know you better. And yeah, we didn't need that. Jesus, fuck. That, no. Why? Why? What? No. God. Yeah, glad that was cut. Yeah, that's rough. And creepy enough watching Gandhi's head wheel around. (laughs) Okay, that was pretty good. But that was genuinely kind of creepy. So then just cutting to like in half Aristotle with a hollow middle was sort of anticlimactic. Uh, Socrates. Socrates, whichever. Dead Greek guy. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't quite understand what was going on with them, but also... I mean, it seemed like he was trying to figure out... What made them tick. Yeah, how holograms work to see if he could fix himself, but he didn't... Yeah. Didn't work. Well, because that's not how you figure out how a program works. No. It also seemed like he was just having fun. Yeah, no, he's definitely a sick fucker. That that one random woman is lucky Tom showed up because he was Oh, the one in the turbo lift? Yeah, he was gonna do horrible things and then kill her. Stop leaving the sex workers with Scotty. (laughs) So you said he he brought in his own contact? Yeah, I guess uh, Robert Picardo was in a movie, uh, like it was like a werewolf movie called The Howling. Oh, I've heard of that, I think. And he kept the corneas, the, the, the contacts from that movie, which... I guess you can just do sometimes. You just keep your costume and makeup pieces. Well, remember, uh, Troy stole her wig. Did she? What is that from? I, apparently the wig she wears in Picard was one she stole from Nemesis or something. Oh, funny. And they didn't even know she had it till she was like, oh, so I've got this. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I know I've, as I've been listening to like the Delta Flyers and stuff, like they say like they, they're not supposed to bring stuff off. They're not. Like, they are really not. Like anything has to be inventoried and kept. <laughs> yeah, but there are definitely a lot of stories of like when things end, act, I'm sure there's some tricorders floating around. Oh, and I'm sure. Things I'm sure. like that. Yeah. Spot, uh, Leonard Nimoy's family just donated his ears to the Smithsonian, so those obviously went home with him. Well, there were many, many copies of ears. <laughs> yeah, and they were destroyed at the end of the day. Like, they weren't reusable, so. But yeah, so I guess, yeah, the contacts, and I didn't notice the teeth. The, supposedly the bottom row of teeth were different. Oh, interesting. Mm. Um, different how, like pointy? Uh, I didn't get, I didn't get a good one. Werewolfy. I hope so. But also, like, I'm sure it made him talk a little different, too, to have mm. to, like, talk around the teeth in your mouth. Maybe it was, I think it was maybe making his jaw jut out more. Yeah, he definitely yeah. was, like, contorting his face in an interesting way. And they gave him some, a different makeup treatment to make him look... In the hair. Spookier. The hair was also fluffier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this was really... I don't. I don't know. I don't think it was a great episode. But Where I, does it land between this and the enemy within? The enemy within. Um, the evil Kirk yeah, episode. I'm, I'm, um, it's not as hammy as <laughs> evil, but Kirk, it's just as rapey. But sli- maybe slightly less rapey, but still rapey. A lot of rape going on. In yeah, Star very Trek upset. Yeah, I, wish, I wish not. I would prefer no. Here I would is, also prefer now. Here is Picardo from The Howling. I will find Ooh. and share this yeah, please do. picture when the time comes. That's more hair than he's ever had. True. <laughs> There's actually a really great clip. I forget if I shared it with you guys, but someone said, man, I, I can't picture Picardo with hair. And there's a great video of him from some musical he did. Oh, wow. With just the biggest fro. <clears throat> and it's wild. That's right. I've seen photos of him younger. And yeah, he had very curly hair that just kind of grew out, not yep. down. Yep, yep, yep. But, you know, I, I, I enjoy EMH thoroughly. This gave him a chance to be something other than just the holodeck, holodeck 
doctor. Yeah, the episode was nothing special, but again, watching him just be ridiculous was fun, at least. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks, though, because this kind of weird, like, obsession with Kess stuff that happened yeah. in this episode, like, once again, sort of takes us away from the sort of wholesome, friendly, collegial sort yeah. of relationship that they have and makes it more Phantom of the Opera-ish. Mm. Yeah, so well, now... there definitely seem to be, like, less a fatherly concern and more minor jealousy. Yeah, like, you can't leave. And it's like, no, dude, don't, no, don't be into her. Stop it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if that's, if they were go- trying to go for fatherly... And it just came out wrong. I who knows? It's hard to tell with this show sometimes. Were, that's true. That's true. And if they're trying to make it like, it also seems to vary from episode to episode. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Oh God! Speaking of fucking prototype seven of nine jumpsuits on poor Kess this week. Well, yeah, they did. They changed up her uh, her costume. They've been dressing her so well for so long, and now she's like, here's a fucking jumpsuit that Berman probably ordered. Yeah, because I can tell, you can tell there's also, like, a really stiff corset, like, sucking her in. Yeah, which, again, it, it does kind of look, uh, they look like prototype versions of what they're gonna put Jerry Ryan in. Well, it's, except with Jerry Ryan, it's so much worse, because it's, like, oh, yeah, made yeah. out of a trash bag, and... Yeah, but it, it simply feels like, it's like, oh, this is, this is familiar. Yeah. Somehow cut tighter on her, too. Well, yeah, with, with, with an even worse Jeez. corset. Like, of course, it where you can actually... It's so tight you can see the boning from the outside, which is bad. I love her Picard costumes way better. So much better. Well, you know, she's old now. She's not allowed to be be sexy, apparently. Even though she super is, you know, she's wicked hot, actually. It's it's what we've said, I think, before. I forget who about, but, like, I feel like uh, so often when they stop trying to appeal to what Rick Berman thinks sexy is, the women look better. Anyway, I thought there was some interesting perspective on the Kess lifespan. Because Kess, yeah. Kess is thinking about leaving, going off with her new boyfriend, Zahir. And she says, you know, I'm basic, I've already lived like a third of my life. I have maybe six years left in me. Yeah. And I've been wondering, like, do I want to spend that all on the Voyager? Or do I want to have different experiences with this guy? Experiences like my race would never have had. Yeah. Like she's living a very interesting life for a... Why have I lost Ocampa. the species name? Thank you, Ocampa. And good for her. Like, she's yeah. living her best life. I, mean, I, kind of, I kind of wanted her to, to go with the guy a little bit. Yeah. Well, plus, like, she's living under a pretty smallish roof with, like, her ex. Just gonna yeah. make things weird. Mm. But, I mean, yeah, you're right. Up, up to this point, you know, she's already, even without going off with Zaheer, has already done so much more than what she thought she was gonna have. Because, you know, she was living specifically with that Ocampa colony that was ultra-sheltered by mm-hmm. the caretaker or whatever. Now so. she's a nurse. She's having her psychic abilities nurtured. When the episodes remember. Yeah, she's making saying, out yeah. with pretty boys. Yeah. She's putting on jumpsuits. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was interesting. I would, I would like to have seen more of that, her sort of contemplating the fact that, yeah, like, she has to think about her lifespan way differently than everyone else because it's so fucking short. And honestly, in that way, her, like, running off and f- making a huge mistake with a guy is, like, both... Like, more consequential and less consequential. Because on the one hand, she may, her lifespan may run out before she has time to realize she's fucked up. Six years is not that long. Mm. Yeah. It makes me wonder how do the Ocampa accomplish, ah, accomplish how they accomplish anything? anything if, if they have such short lifespans, like, how does a body of work that takes a long time come to any fruition? I mean, they're basically infantilized by the caretaker. So That's I don't true. think they're accomplishing much. <laughs> yeah, it's unclear what their society would have been like 
previously. The, and what the it's ba- like now. The bad Ocampa that, yeah. they, that hung out with uh, the other caretaker seem like they... like. But they live slightly longer. They live longer, exactly. Which makes me think that maybe the Ocampa are by nature just bad. Or just like <laughs> horrible things that use their psychic powers for evil. Well, they do say only the good die young. Yeah. That is no compen- so like maybe, and like maybe <laughs> maybe the planet that the caretaker was on was more like a prison than uh, you know or oh. like a place to keep them isolated. There's actually is it a Bradbury? There's a short story I read years ago which dealt with this uh colony that sprung up because of like a, a crash landing and uh, there was something fucked up about the planet where people like live a week. They're like born, age, and die in a week. Wow. Or some crazy short span like that. And uh, so they, they mostly just sort of, you know, spend their very brief time alive being just very instinctual. You know, it's like food, fuck, die. And, uh, but Sounds there's like a, my Friday, am I right? No, wait. <laughs> but there's a, been a group of scientists working on making a, a rocket to get off this planet so they can, you know, live mm. normal lifespans. And the whole thing is just basically, like, you do as much as you can in your week while also passing on as much knowledge as you can in the Damn. very brief time you have. So I guess it would have to be something like that. There'd have to be a very strong mentor tradition. And certainly when you consider a week, nine years suddenly seems like a whole bunch of time. Mm. Yeah, a week I don't think it's fucking positive. You, like, you can't even get caught up on the things before you've already died. Yeah. And as we've established, as the show is established, we've noticed is like it does seem like they have very good memories. Yeah. You know, like they they've adapted to their short lifespan. Like they can learn very quickly. They retain stuff very well. So that lends itself to a short lifespan to be able to learn and pass things on. And but yeah, yeah. Occasionally, they, like this kind of stuff gleans to the surface with with Cass, and that's all the good Cass stuff. Yeah. When when you let Cass actually be a character, she is a lot of fun. She is. She is. Also, we didn't, you know, kind of, you know, I feel like they maybe didn't do as much of it as they could have, but just this discussion of the fact that these figures all had this kind of very, the, the, the sort of this dark side that they... Oh, and the, the AMH is suffering. Mm. Yeah, okay. that they, like, you know, managed to utilize in a, as positive a way as they could without letting it fully overtake them in theory. I, I don't know enough about these historical figures right. to actually be certain. Byron being, like, super passionate... Yeah, yeah, and it's it's emotional. it's almost like I think one I think when you said it uh, at some point we were watching, or maybe it was last week, but it's kind of akin to like when Kirk was split in two, and it was like the um, the, the the part they couldn't survive on their own. You know, the the fully quote unquote good Kirk was dying. You know, or was he? Or is that the Balana thing? Anyway. You know, it's like the the dark side is there and that it's necessary. You just need to also not give in to it. But the the sort of the drive it provides can be, um, what's the word? I have no idea what you're going for. Just like that that you need the sort of, that, that if you contain your sort of impulses, you can utilize them positively as long as you don't let them overtake you. You know, again, like, a sort of a, a putting them towards ambition rather than being um, cruel. Well, that wasn't what I was going to say. No, I know, but I'm still grasping. Yeah, Kess explains it better in her little monologue at the end. The uh, doesn't like with the doctor. I don't know because he doesn't like 
incorporate any of the other personality into himself. Well, right, that's the problem, I think. Like, he's just... He's all Doc. Except... Like, this wasn't so much it's, a split yeah. personality as, as two completely separate people. Yeah, he Jekyll and Hyde it himself. Yeah, this is way more Jekyll and Hyde than Enemy Within was Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Because in Jekyll and Hyde, Jekyll stays roughly the same. Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah, don't... True. And they also... Yeah, exactly. And, and also, like... There, he's like the doctor's not aware of what the other personality is doing. Um, so like, well, that's Jekyll and Heidi, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I know, I know. I like the um, fuzzing effect he was getting when he'd switched. The that for for I know we've seen some bad CG in this show, and we're going to see a lot more bad CG in this show, oh, yes. in this in, in today's uh episodes as well. <laughs> uh, but I kind of like the, the fuzzing effect, it was it, yeah. it accomplished what it needed to, it looked fine. Yeah, it was, it was a fun way to do it. But it's, it's interesting because, you know, it wasn't the doctor who did these these wicked things. You know, throwing a guy off a cliff, throwing Cass off a cliff and himself off mm. a cliff. And, you know, maybe thinking about murdering that woman in the elevator. Would he have survived Dr- the jump off the cliff? Because he's a hologram. It depends. Maybe his device got broken. Oh, yeah, there's the, the device. Yeah, it would depend on how he landed. Like, if he, say, landed on his left side? Mm-hmm. And he, he wears on his right sleeve? Or... Either way, if he landed on the arm the thing wasn't on, in theory, he'd be fine. If he landed on it, yeah, no, he's he's gone. I think it was... In, I wish when they did a transporter effect for the Doctor, I wish they just showed it on the on the device and the whole him. <laughs> there was good. There I was like actually a post on uh, shitposting the other day making fun of that fact. Mm. Yeah. That it should just be that... You know, like, he should probably, you know, fade. Yeah, he but should just turn But the sparkle off. should just be on the... Because yeah. you're not beaming the, up hologram. Yeah, whatever the effect that they use whenever he de- deactivates himself yeah. would yeah. be the same kind of thing. But uh, anyway, what, what I was getting at is that you know you who do you who's responsible for that? Like who's responsible for injuring that man or trying to murder Cass? I mean, to an extent, it is still the MH's fault because yeah. he was fucking with his programming without the requisite knowledge. Yeah, you know he was sort of again to the Jekyll and Hyde thing. He was experimenting on himself. So essentially, should, should he have to spend some time in? Hologram jail. Some time out <laughs> with Vorik. Yes, horny jail. No, he can uh, he can crash with Suter for a while. Oh, oh no, love Suter. Yeah, yeah it does seem like there should have been some consequences for the Doctor because as a result of his tinkering, like he put many people in danger. I mean, we don't see consequences most of the time for episodes. Yeah. True, but I would have at least liked if Janeway. Like gave him shit and, and like yelled at him for a well, bit. Well, she's she's had to give people shit every episode for the last couple episodes. I mean, it's sort of been her only thing is being the referee to other people's bad decisions true. for a while. That's true. The problem too is like, you know, like first of all, he's your only proper physician, it would seem. But also, what can you really do? Like, scrap out the who's a what's it's. He doesn't care. He'll do. He doesn't get tired. You know, he doesn't get annoyed. Doesn't get happy, doesn't get sad. He just runs programs. I would just take away his ability to modify his own program. Well, that oh, shouldn't have been a thing to begin with. How many with. times do I have to tell them to put locks on the doors? Exactly, exactly. And that's that's kind of the thing about this episode too. Is it also just kind of ends? Yeah. Like I kind of missed. How did we resolve the whole hide program? It just 
went away. Yeah, when he they was beamed, back to himself. Yeah, when they beamed back, he was just back to himself. He was normal. Well, they well, we know that Bolana had been working Done on it, something right? off, off screen. Yeah. yeah. We were told. Like, just in time, we fixed it so that we can transport you. And just in time, you're, you beam back as the right character. And mm. don't just beam back as Hyde and kill some transporter people. Yeah. Well, I guess that was the other thing, too, is I, the, his subroutines were breaking down, so I guess... I know, I love freaking Chicote. We just have to stall him. You just told him you're stalling him. <laughs> He's right there, you know. And while it didn't really make a ton, it was all very convenient. Again, just Picardo being on, put those down before someone gets hurt and I have to clean up the mess. And he makes fun of the clothes he's wearing and he's just very the EMH. And takes his contacts out. <laughs> what are these doing in? These are really uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I did, yeah, regarding uh, Kess's little speech, the one of oh, the elements of that speech was she says to the effect, something to the effect of, no, I think he, I think the doctor said this, darkness is more fundamental than light. Mm. And I'm not sure that's true. Well, in the most literal sense, uh, light sources are temporary. Even yeah, but the star the, burns out eventually. But that's what fundamentals are. <laughs> Darkness yeah. is, la- is is lack of anything. That's what I mean. So in, at the end of the day, darkness literally does win. But that's know. not fundamental. Yeah, it's, it seems like the writers were feeling a little... Byrony? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, they're subroutines! Oh no! Get him out of there! <laughs> Never trust a writer. They're all emotionally warped weirdos. I don't really know much about Byron historically. Was he like really... Like, prone to d- depressive mood swings or something? I'm not gonna lie. Everything I know about Byron... Came comes from, from Spock. I was going to say Arcadia, but that too. I thought you were going to say this episode. <laughs> that too. He was, wait, was he Mary Shelley's husband? No, that was Percy Shelley. Oh, doy. But, oh, but he was there that weekend, wasn't he? Or something? Yes. There that weekend. What where weekend? they, where like, it was the Shelleys and the big, someone The big Shelley orgy. We're all sitting around and like, they wrote, came up with stories and oh, that's where. Per- yeah, Percy Shelley and Lord Byron were like best friends. Okay, yeah, so I think he was probably there when, when Mary Shelley came up with the idea that would become Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yes, Broker. Maybe. I know, like, Percy Shelley died tragically, tragically young, and Lloyd Byron wrote, like, a poem about him, or the other way around. They were best buds, that's yeah. all I know. A lot of them died young, like, what's his name? Yes. Amadeus. River Phoenix. <laughs> Rock um, No, but another romantic poet. Ugh, Jim Don't Morrison. ask me. John Galt? No, that's that John horrible, Galt. horrible Ayn Rand character. John Polk? No, that was a politician. I'm not going to get it. So Neither I am I. I'll just look it up. John You're, you're going to look it up, and I'm Paul not going to have heard the third. of it. So. John. Lil John. Lil uh, Wayne. Lil Ness. X. You're just looking up poets who died young. Keats! John Most of Keats! Them. Uh, I almost he said died Keats. Mm-hmm. How young? Well, 23, <laughs> but he looked about 60. Yeah, uh, 25. Oh, that is young. But he looked about 60? Probably. And he, yeah, got, the... and he got shit done in that time. What makes my life look like crap? Well, I mean, they were all... They, the thing is, they were all working... I mean, what did he really get... He was a poet. I mean... We yeah, still but... talk about him today. Back, back in the day when you could kind of do all right with that. Mm. But also... Drink the... yourself to death by 25? Well, he had the tuberculosis. Oh. But, um... <laughs> That's the thing. Really, think about it. What, yeah. if, what they want to impress us? They should have not died of TB. Jesus, <laughs> breathe much, buddy. But here's the thing. Let's <laughs> let's tie this back to the episode. Oh, good. Because you're like talking about like, oh, they got so much done. Because here's the thing. Yeah, he didn't know he was gonna die. Yeah. Yet. But on the other hand, nowadays, Chris does. 
on the other hand, I mean, people nowadays, we all feel a little confident. Like, we'll be fine. We live in, you know, the 21st century. Everything's great. Back in his day, it's like, I don't know that I'm going to drop dead at 25 of some weird disease, but I might. I so probably I will. better, like, get to work. <laughs> so there we go. Okampa, romantic poets, very similar. There you go. Kiss should have been a poet. Lord Byron. They should have sent a poet. I want to talk about the creature moon that our, our new friend Nakan, the the guy who runs the yeah. pump kind of guy, the cretin guy who looked like he was going to eat Janeway. Seriously. Oh, God. Yeah, no. The way he was telling the story, it's like, you think this is going to get you laid, and that's gross. And then he, like, pulled out a gun randomly. This is... This yeah, is, he was a jerk. a creepy uh, dude. Yeah, he was wild, but I love Janeway his... kind of seemed into it, though. I think she Janeway's was... got a type. <laughs> But I loved his creature moon story, right? and now I want one. That's a good story. I don't like, know where I'd keep it. Oh, I thought you meant you wanted, like, an episode about a creature moon, but you actually want a I creature moon. I want a moon. creature moon. That is weird but fair. There was a terrible uh, Doctor Who episode where the moon was an egg. Oh, that, oh yeah, that was a fucking horrifically bad episode. Yeah. Is that, that's a recent what came one, too, out right? Well, was like, that a Capaldi? Like, that's like... Ten years ago, probably. Yeah, maybe not ten years. No, but Capaldi yeah, it was, was like six years ago. It was, yeah, it was it was a it was a Capaldi. It was not good. Wait, was it Capaldi? Or was it Late Smith? I can't remember anymore. But anyway, oh, it, it was, was Keats. It, it was <laughs> yeah, it was very bad. But yeah, no, I do like the idea of a creature moon. I would I would like to see. You know, Prodigy can have it. They can do it. Yay! I, I feel like they could maybe give, do it kind of yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I, I would give them credit enough to get that done right. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So, Star Trek, if you're definitely listening, uh, Season 2 Prodigy, we would like a Creature Moon episode. Rock can can name it something. Yay! Yeah, and then our friend Nakan, or, or I think it's, I forgot if it's Nakan or, or Zahir who's telling us, like, oh yeah, you should stick around and, and, and work on so, such and such with us, if you don't mind taking a short detour. To which Janeway says, short detours? Count me in! <laughs> Seriously, she says, hold on, hold on. I looked up the word earlier. Keats. No, not Keats. Uh, <laughs> sometimes she feels as fuck. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Sometimes she feels as fuck. As periapatetic. Sometimes she feels like a nut. <laughs> sometimes she don't. Periapatetic as them. Now, what did the, what did we learn that means? <clears throat> Traveling from place to place, in particular working on, working or based in various places for relatively short periods. Huh. Army brat? It can also apparently mean Aristotelian. Aristotelian? Mm. Don't know why. Doesn't say. Yeah, I think these people were kind of interesting. The McCall and how they kind of just go find things and then report back and say, hey, I went this way and I found a this. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like they were going for kind of like almost like a space Romani because even they were the something travelers and... But they, but they stick to themselves. There's well, yeah, that, it's not one to one, but there seems to be like maybe that was the jumping off point. I was getting some kind of Okona vibes off that guy. Yeah, okay, a little I can feel bit, that. little bit. Yeah. He definitely feel like he was a big player. Yeah, but like I he's think... got like, a, like a, a girl in every port, and then when Cass is like, "Can I go with you?" He's like, "Ah." Uh... Uh, oh, I'm wait. gonna jump off this cliff real quick. <laughs> but <there's> a... <laughs> you only live to nine. Okay, I can put up with that. Here's the thing, though. One important thing he didn't have that Okana did was everyone in the episode fawning over him and telling us how great he was. That's true. Yeah, like, Kesh was totally into him. But aside from that, it wasn't like, you know, Tom wasn't breathlessly telling Harry what a <laughs> what a cool dude this dude was. 
Well, it's because everybody was too busy chastising Kess for considering making her own decisions and having a romance. True. Yeah, this episode also showed and didn't tell how cool this guy was. True. Mm-hmm. Which it doesn't do often. Yeah, it was pretty lame when he got pushed off that cliff, am I right? Well, you know, it was by an EMH uh, fulfilling its full holographic potential. Which, again, you know, it would have been great if he said that and then, like, turned one of his hands into a weapon or something. I mean, he made a cloak for himself. He did. I, I, despite what the EMH thinks, I thought it, you know, it looked comfy. He looked comfy. Did he even program that cloak? He must have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Maybe he summoned it from the holodeck. EMH. Evil Mr. Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Enigma. <laughs> <laughs> More like E Ligma. E Ligma? Ligma balls. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. good. That was a good one. <laughs> Bofa. Anything else before they keep going in this? Yeah, before they keep going in this path, I know I like that we got to see Tapau. I know we brought up Tapau last week because Tapau was on Jake's best Vulcans list. She had the hat. She had her hat. They were told how she was very unorthodox in the way she went about her logic. Apparently, fun. I bet she's most of the personality in that subroutine (laughs) Mm. because it's the it's it's a Vulcan without the the uh, restrained emotion. So true, true, and they are oh boy. Well, we saw Gandhi be a little bit pushy and rude. That's because he didn't like Byron, which, eh, fair enough. He was probably a jerk. He shoved Neelix out of the way and said, wait, I have more things I need to say. Gandhi, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, shoving Neelix out of the way. Speaking of shoving Neelix out of the way. We move on to Rise? I believe so. Okay. We'll help you through this one, Caitlin. Ah, God, I hope so. Basically, (laughs) it seems like... Neelix is going down to a planet or an asteroid or a thing with Tuvok. Planet. Thank you. And it's part of his training, apparently. And he's afraid he's not going to make Tuvok proud, which comes up later. And they're going on, and it's like a rescue mission. They're going to save a dude, but it turns out that there's like a mole down there who starts killing bitches. You might want to bring the asteroids in, into, into this. No, see, I didn't even understand what the fuck was going on with that. So, please, Ames, by all means, bring in some asteroids. From, from what I understand, asteroids have been pummeling this planet. Mm-hmm. The Voyager has come in and said, hey, we'll help you get have your planet stop getting pummeled by asteroids. And they're like, yes, fucking please. And as they look into the, is, these asteroids, they realize they're actually man-made artificial things that the, what are they called? The Itanian Order, an expansionist alien race who wants to take over everything in the area, is sending in so that after the, the, the planet has been decimated by asteroids, they can just swoop in and say, we control the thing now. Which is actually a pretty good method. But to be honest here, did they really need to like manufacture robot asteroids with electronics inside. You could have just done what they do in the Expanse. Yeah, well, or, yeah. Like you, it feels like if you have a tractor beam technology, it'd be pretty easy just to throw to asteroids. To grab a real rock. Well, yeah. I think throw part it of it, them. though, was they wanted to build them so that... Because remember, they, they, part of the issue was they were going um, based on their scans, because I think they were also fooling their scanners from a distance. It's like, we don't get it. They should just be completely disintegrating when we shoot them like this. They were, you know, stuffing alloy into them so they would not 
break up as easily. It's still a bit, yeah, like, it'd be easier to just chuck an existing rock at them, but then we wouldn't have, you know. Well, yeah, and it's also said that, like, they weren't expecting the Voyager to be there. Yeah. So, if the Voyager weren't there, there would have been nothing to break up, Try even try to break up the rocks. Well, I think they had mentioned that they had actually taken down a few on their own before Voyager mm-hmm. showed up, but at the end, they had the issue of not fracturing properly. <laughs> but they had run out of Bruce Willis's and songs by Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> so they needed some... Back up. Yep. But yeah, so that was the sort of impetus, and then... This felt like so much shit was going on in this episode. There was a murder mystery out of nowhere. Yeah, so, yeah. There was a lot of things happening this episode. There was something hidden on the roof. Neelix finally called Tuvok out for always treating him like shit, which was actually... I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Neelix, and I am a pretty big Tuvok fan, but I was still kind of jumping up and doing the old Shia LaBeouf clap for, um, yeah, for Neelix was, on that one. Yeah, he was one. very right, so... Yeah. Yeah. Like, you always treat me like shit. And, and, what, and the worst, worst part is, he's, you know, if, if he'd suspected before, he knows for certain because they shared a brain for a few weeks. He's like, I know what you think of me. I have those memories. <laughs> That's sad. Every time you walked, you were walking down the corridor and spotted me in the distance and you turned away. I remember. Poor Neelix. I hate him, but poor Neelix. Yeah. He's he's a good guy. I like him in this. He's great. Yeah, he's this great. is a good this Neelix episode. episode. I wasn't expecting this to be a very good episode because it's not highly rated and it's so it's basically said like the these three episodes, uh, spoilers, including one of them for next week, are supposed to be like a trilogy of bad. Mm. And it's like I don't think Rise was bad. I actually no. kind of enjoyed some of the the different elements we see in Rise. There was some pretty awful stuff though. The well, CG, the acting, the acting, the acting, the all, acting of, all of the guest actors were pretty poor. Oh, yeah, that's true. That yeah, that was. Cool. It also just seemed like pretty. Well, again, this is based on me, and I'm brain dead. But I feel like it was pretty convoluted. Like, oh yeah, we never actually finished the summary. Oh yeah, so they want to get beamed out, but well, yeah, so... they can't because. <laughs> Yeah, Go let ahead. Me, you do it, please. Because I think I more or less got it. Good. Space elevator. Yeah, so so some scientist calls up, because who's on the Voyager are... Who's on first? Actually, I'm going to skip this. Find the vocab. We, we never learned the ambassador's name. Okay, good. That's, I was, that's what I was looking for. So the ambassador and this guy, Sklar, are on the ship good during name. the beginning. when Yes, it is. <laughs> when they're trying to figure out what's going on, and then there's a call from this scientist. Beat Thank you. Batum, who's like, I, I know something about these asteroids. And so they send a, a shuttle, but it crashes, and it's, yeah, it's, um... I fucking hate when so that happens. We lost another shuttle. Yes. Jesus Christ, Voyager. Well, this one was intact enough that yeah, maybe they, they were able to tractor it off the surface and fix it. up. It's a fixer-upper. But yeah, so Neelix and Tuvok wind up on the surface with this scientist and Sklar, and uh, Neelix spots an orbital tether, and he's like, I can probably fix that and get us up there. There's a crazy... Orbital tether's like a big elevator. Yeah, space elevator kind of thing. And yeah, they're on that. They get it working well enough that it starts going up. Yeah, that's when, when the scientist is poisoned and dies... Whoops. But he's trying to get to the roof in the meantime, and Neelix is like, you know, I don't think it's just because he's delusional, and that's when he calls out Tuvok, and yeah, they get Tuvok's up there. Tuvok's like, I don't give a fuck what you think, sit down and fly this plane. Yeah, and then this Neelix, elevator, and Neelix is like, F you, Go bitch. fuck yourself. I'm the only one that knows how to drive this thing, and if you don't let me go up there, we're not going anywhere. And Tuvok's like, fuck. And yeah, he finds the data pad, but then Sklar goes up, because it turns out Sklar was a mole for the invaders. And he and... fucking chucks Tuvok yep. off the side. Yep, but he managed to catch himself. Good. Obviously. Um, I mean, for all we know, Vulcans can fly. Yeah, those ears. Um, <laughs> I've seen everything, but I've never seen a Vulcan fly. 
Anyhow, and Sklar goes back, and there's a bit of a fight, and he gets his head thumped again. Ouch. But he's awake enough to let Tuvok in. Tuvok. <laughs> oh, and the best fucking Sklar scene. Sklar off of the set, and Sklar turns into a terrible cartoon. <laughs> and falls in a way that defies all physics. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. It was good. They get back to the ship. Best fight with... and CG I've seen. Oh, yeah. They managed to ward off the alien ship because of the data they had from the scientists. We had the whole mole situation. And then Tuvok and Neelix have an almost Bones and Spock-style argument about hmm. Vulcans needing to get the last word in. It wasn't, yeah, it was a cute ending. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the guest stars were all so bad. Really? I don't know really? why we needed, so we also meet up with Lilius, this minor yeah, woman. who knows? Who's just there and contributes almost nothing. She's maybe sort of a romantic interest for Neelix, like this is Neelix's moving on episode. It's weird. She like... was someone with, basically I think she was there so that Neelix could have touching conversations about his sister. Yeah. Which was a very nice conversation. It was. It was a little shoehorned in this episode, but I was I still liked the scene. I, I I think it's because just the writers couldn't comprehend the idea of him having that discussion with another man, so they had to introduce a woman. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, I wasn't kidding. Like I, that's probably honestly, it's like I, he can't talk to that other guy about that. It, it's gotta be a lady. <laughs> and rather than just making the character a lady, they added another character. Yeah, because when we find Vadim, Vadim is with some guy. We never learned much about the guy Vadim was with. I think he was one of the miners, they said. Sure. We never learned his name or much of his personality, except that he doesn't want to go up on the roof. Mm. Thanks, guy. Mm. I mean, who can blame him? Now, how did Vadim know there was something on the roof? He put it there. Vadim did? Didn't he? I thought Sklar did. No, no, Vadim put it there. Oh. Because Vadim learned... Oh, that, that was, was the up. evidence. Yeah. Yes. Was the, oh, he hid the evidence on the roof. I Yeah, to keep it safe. Yeah, and as he's dying, this. he's like, the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. And Tuvok's like, we don't need no water. Why did he just keister it? What? Did you oh, see how big that was? God damn it. I mean, was a pretty big guy. Uh, big well, here's the thing. We don't know you. anything about this species' anuses. That's true. We don't. Why? We know... <laughs> We know far too little, I would say, about far this. too little. I mean, they had they had scrotum seam chins. They sure did. Yeah, yeah. their makeup wasn't the whole right. face. A- their makeup, actually, of all things, reminded me of Mumenschanz. What's that? It's this. I think they're technically still around, but they're this weird Northern European um, sort of mime. Ish troop. I know them because they're in an early episode of the Muppet Show. Okay. And they have this this one of the many things they do in that episode is they have this weird sort of these strange clay faces that they keep like. Okay. Yes, I have seen. You seen that? Things. Yes, I yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Some of it like now we have to share this on the Facebook. <laughs> their makeup it was reminiscent of one of the sort of designs that the Mumenschanz molded <laughs> into these masks during the sequence. Mm-hmm. So I, I was. Very hung up on that. Uh, I, I was hung up on the very poor acting. Oh, so. yeah, no. like Yeah, it was real bad. Yeah, every time one of the extras spoke, yeah, it was just like, what is happening? Slore was fucking terrible. But I think, you know, Ethan Phillips and Tim Russ, they both did well enough on their own, and in their interactions especially, that it outweighed it by the end for me. I was like, you know what, fine. Yeah. But, and I, I especially when Neelix finally just 
just called Tuvok out on his bullshit. Yeah, you'd that think was great. you'd think I'd be done with the oh, it's kind of an odd couple thing. Neelix and Tuvok just don't get each other, and they're they're so on, on opposite sides of this teeter totter. But this episode, I think, treats it in a new way that I think is interesting. So mm. I was there for it. Well, yeah, because it's not just treated as this sort of comedic back and forth thing. It's like he finally just comes out and is like, "What the hell, dude? Like, fuck." And it was interesting, too, like, I felt like some of the most sympathetic and empathetic I've ever felt with Neelix, because he's basically like, yeah, I took your shit for a long time, because I know you're smarter than me, and so oh, I took so it. Sad. But, like, now, I just think you, uh, you're missing out, because you don't have all the feelings. Yeah. And, you know, for once, I kind of know more than you, and I think that bugs you. Not that he said that, but <laughs> I think that might have been part of it. For Tuvok, I mean, he was a little annoyed that Neelix had one up on him. Yeah. Petty bitch. Mm. I did, Tuvok, not Neelix. Yes, I should. I did sort of love the uh, weird design inside the elevator. These very chunky TOS, like, just big, bright, plastic oh, buttons. Yeah. yeah. And also just good old-fashioned, like, valves and wheels. It delicious. Was, it was a very tactile ship, which is, you know, because even when, it seems like all the alien races they come across just have L cars just in their own language now. So it was nice to see something that was just very... Uh, analog. Mm, see, I yeah. just said that, and all I could think of was um, Ryan George. Oh, a very tactile ship. <laughs> oh, I love him. I know. Same. Who? Yeah, you've seen the pitch meeting guy. Yeah, yeah, that we... guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. he just has a very interesting delivery of lines sometimes, uh, and yeah. he's a, and he's a lot of fun. Yes. I also thought the the whole space elevator. What do we what do, what do we call the thing? Tether. Orbital tether. tether. Orbital tether. A Tell me more about what what was the idea with this orbital tether? Like, where does it go? It goes to space. It just goes and it, it just hovers it's, up there. Yeah, there's, a, there's been a thing? lot of like uh, it. It wouldn't be built like that, but because you know it ta- because of the rocket equation, it takes a shitload of fuel to get a rocket into space. So people have theorized that you could put something in space, like a space station. Hmm. That was tethered to the Earth and then pull shit up. Is that the thing we see in the first couple episodes of Foundation? No, I mean that's that that's thing? more just like a big fucking elevator. Okay, that's like like I, I, feel like, I feel like a space elevator would be like a lot like a cable. Yeah, basically. it would be like a really really strong cable that you would just yank stuff with. Hmm. But yeah, it's being held up. Just literally by something in orbit. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Whereas this looks like a physical structure, and the thing in the thing in um, Foundation was like a physical structure. Yeah. Okay, I understand. So basically, the idea is whatever the thing it's tethered to in orbit has exactly the same revolution as the rotation. Yeah, it would of the be planet. in like a geosynchronous orbit. Yeah, and then you can... That's cool. Incredibly complex. Oh yeah. yeah. But the, the ultimately the idea is that yeah, well, with if you had something like that, you could yank stuff up. Just like with a motor, yeah. you know, just pull stuff through, uh, you know, through the atmosphere without having to use a rocket. That is fascinating. So for a mi- for like a mining colony, it makes a lot of sense because you're going to want to be getting a lot of heavy material into orbit. Yeah, it shows up a lot of science fiction. You know, there was something I was watching recently where it was like, it's how you get to space to then take a ship somewhere. Because mm-hmm. again, it's cheaper and easier to get someone... Is that ele- Gundam? Yes. Were we watching Gundam? We were, yeah. That did that? Wow. Uh, but yeah, someone takes an elevator up and then you get on a spaceship and that yeah, spaceship... Yeah, Because you I was already in space. I was literally just going to ask if it was the same as what they were doing in that Gundam. What show was that? Seed, I think? Yeah. 
But yeah, it shows up a lot in, in science fiction things. And it's a great idea. It's, it it's the same kind of like great idea you see in like the Dyson spheres. Like yeah. Things that are fucking impossible to our current well, I mean, they've talked about building space elevators. Like, probably when this came out was around the time when space elevators were like, oh, we're going to build one. We're, we'll have one by you know the next 20 years. <laughs> Oh, the poor things. But yeah, they they did mention that there was actually a station somewhere up there, but their goal was just to get beyond the ionosphere so they could get a signal out. I feel like, just like with the last episode, this one was just kind of wrapped up very neatly at the end, Mm, where it's like, okay, we've made it to space, oh, we've made contact with the ship, they're in a battle, cut to everybody's on the ship somehow somehow and we're still in the battle well wasn't it you that brought up didn't you say something about like how are they going to beam on with the shields up and like, then they were just there yeah, yeah you there. said that during while we were watching oh, i don't right? know if it was me it said somebody said oh, i thought it, it. was you i think i said that or you, oh, oh, you but i also don't oh, care sorry. i'll give up jake because i also read about no nope, you know what one of the gyms said it jim but yeah yeah so they beam through the shields but also like we don't even see the beam out yeah. Oh, they had to, there was so much happening this episode they just had to go 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 yeah, I feel like there's too much. I feel like I would have not needed the plot of having to have a battle with this other ship. Like, I feel like they could have written around that. Yeah. And then what? Then what is your? What is the way you wrap it all up? You just. It's. I think it would be we much more interesting if we're just now. stuck on this yeah. this thing, which is like it's essentially like a train type episode where you're trapped mm. on the train and there's murder about murder on the Orient elevated. Yeah. And like you're tra- you're trapped in this confined space. There's tension because people don't you know, people lack trust for each other. You have they could have made a bigger thing out of the potential lack of oxygen, which was kind of, of never actually an issue. Yeah, it went away they, quickly. The lack of oxygen. Well, after that guy died, you know, true. Yeah, that much more oxygen for the rest. Uh, of yeah, us. they definitely had that gun on the shelf and never fired it. Yeah, so you get the lack of oxygen. I wish the murder mystery had been left a little longer. I mean, it was pretty clear. I think that it was going to be. Slore, but Sklar. Yeah, but I keep calling him because for whatever reason, it makes Slurm. you think the giant Slore from Ghostbusters. From yeah, Ghostbusters. Okay, that's that's yeah. Right. It's one of the many the things forms of of Go-Ger. the Destructor oh, okay. that Rick Moranis rattles off when he's possessed. <laughs> Was that the first Ghostbusters? Yeah, yeah. the only good one. Oh, oh, yeah. Great. That I also thought like every time, all the the the, the Nizu, the people of this planet are doing literally anything on this elevator. I'm like, Tuvok, just nerve pinch them out and we'll yeah. deal with them later. Well, plus, if they're unconscious, they're probably breathing less Exactly, heavily. yeah, yeah. That's true. Anxiety guy was probably using up so much air with his anxious breathing. Yeah, they did mm. something like that in, in early Expanse where they're like in a room, they're going to run out of oxygen at some point. So they just knocked out a person or two and said, we'll wake you up when we have oxygen again. Or you'll die in your sleep, which is much kinder. Yeah, and you'll yeah. be fine. So Either way, win-win for you. So the reason why Tuvok is the one to go outside is because his lungs are capable of breathing a thin atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But and then, no one else wanted to come. But then Scar goes out there and he's fine. He's well, fine enough to get into a fight. He didn't say the others couldn't. He would just be better off. Mm. Was did, no one, and... did no one notice Scar going out there? No, they did. They, they went, did? what are you doing? And then he went out there. Oh, okay. Because he was already most of the way there. How came... they didn't notice that long, I don't know. <laughs> and then he came back evil. Yes. Was Trioxin the thing Bones claimed he was giving Jim in a muck time? Yes. Thank I'm you. I'm 99% certain because I was like, I've definitely heard that before and I couldn't remember why. And it was actually the fake death right, juice. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. And it's right. because Vulcan has such a thin atmosphere, which yep. is why Kubok yeah. could survive outside. Yep. Horrible planet. <laughs> Seriously. No one of the Romulans left. 
Oh, speaking of horrible planets, our planet, because I watched the movie that has oh, like yeah. very, very strong connotations in this episode. Not kind of links, strong plot points to this episode. Mm. There's a 1965 James Stewart film. Jimmy wow. Stewart? Jimmy Stewart, he's fun in it. Uh, it's called The Flight of the Phoenix, which is very interesting. Oh, I think I heard. Didn't they remake the poorly? They did. Too long ago? I haven't seen the remake. I watched the original this past week. Here's the very quick gist of this movie. We're flying around in, a, in an airplane over the Sahara Desert somewhere. We're going to like Libya somewhere. Plane crash lands. Oh no. And as we're figuring, realizing, okay, we've got like 12 days worth of water. We've got unlimited dates to eat. We're going to get sick of dates real fast, guys. <laughs> but and we're going to wait here and see if anyone finds us. However, there's this German engineer who says, I bet I can get this plane working again. And they're like, fuck Does you. Does he say it in a really bad stereotype accent? It's not that bad. It's not that, that bad an accent. We shall get, get the plane working again. again. <laughs> That's him. With my German engineering. I am very efficient. If you're cooking. Yikes. And Jimmy Stewart's like, no, fuck you, guy. We're not doing that. Until someone else talks to the guy, and the guy says, "Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm an engineer. I build airplanes." And the guy, and the, they realize, "Okay, we'll let you try to fix this airplane." And they spend a very long time trying to fix this airplane, and it's continuing to not go well. They lose a bunch of people to various things, and finally, in a, in a, in the climactic scene in the last like ten minutes of the movie. James Stewart is talking to the German guy, and the German guy says, like, well, you, it should work. It should work. And they're like, how do you know? Why should it work? You say you've built these things. He's, well, not exactly. I've never actually built an airplane. In fact, I build model planes. I'm an engineer of model airplanes. Mm. So they lifted that directly for the holy it's a shit. great scene and, that's and amazing everyone's like trust in this guy falls until he reminds us like yeah but model airplanes work better yeah. than real planes they have the same like it's the same propulsion system it's the same fucking physics and then they get it working and they fly and they find out a way so they all take a dip nice yay so i'm thinking the guy's accent was good because he was actually german oh good, good hardy kruger who, uh, amazingly, uh, Father only, Freddy Krueger, only <laughs> passed Where away. He was a nightmare to work with. <laughs> <laughs> only passed away this past January. Oh, he was uh, ninety-three. Yeah, good for you know who else was in it? Lou Morin was a young Richard Attenborough, mm-hmm. better known to you guys as. We'll be covering that soon. I'll be Wait, very excited. Oh, well, you have a T-Rex. <laughs> also, I said it was remade recently. It was remade in 2004. That's recent. Almost 20 years ago. That's my, that's still that's my version of recent. I still think 2000 was 10 years ago. Mm. Same-sies. We all believe that lie. But yeah, I'll have to... I, I kind of forgot about that movie. I'll have to check it out one day. What is it called again, Ames? Flight of the Phoenix. Reminds me of Pitch Black. Ames, your voice is so much Sounds deeper like than you. <laughs> Why, do, why does it remind... What, the movie or the episode reminds you of Pitch Black? The whole... That, 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 that concept of you're crashed in the desert and there's bad shit. Okay. Except, except in Pitch Black, there's monsters. That's the, that is not at all Pitch Black. Were there any monsters in this fight? No. Movie? I mean, there were, <laughs> there there were camels. Oh, God. Camels are cool. There was a monkey and there was a moment where I, I, I could have sworn... It's very sad, actually. There was a guy who got injured in the crash. And they're like, this guy will probably die at some point before we get back. And the guy 
gets sad and, and and kills himself. But we learn this when we see the monkey run away from him, and then we see a lot of blood, and I thought the monkey had killed him. <laughs> Mon- monkeys can't be trusted, so. It's like when, um, bad dates. Oh yeah, they had dates. Yeah, but theirs were good. And unlimited. Yeah. Good dates. Were there any blind dates? Bad dates. Blind dates. Because that was a monkey, wasn't it? The poison of the dates? Yes. What is this from? What are you talking about? No, the monkey's owner poisoned them, but then the monkey ate one. Oh, and then, and, then the, and then the monkey Aww, died. What monkey? the hell what are you all talking about? Uh, the first Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Oh, I Bad haven't dates. seen those movies in a very long time. Can we do those for a 10 forward? We'll see. Uh, we, have a, we have a bunch of 10 forwards on the schedule. True. And then we'll come back and, and look at that. Regarding this episode, oh, one thing I liked, we start this episode off on an asteroid hunt with no context, and they just let the actions fill in what's been going on. Yeah. Like, oh, we shot that asteroid, and it didn't break apart like usual, and they're like, yep, it certainly didn't, and there you go, you got your context for the episode. Yeah, and you're like, who are these two weirdos on the bridge? Oh, they're bad actors. I'm just so (laughs) distracted every time one of the guest actors spoke. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad. Or acting. Also, for some reason, even though it is not him... The, the, the Sklar looked just enough like the guy that played TV's Frank on Mystery Science <laughs> Theater that I was like... Okay, I kind of see it. It's like, that's weird. I don't think it's him because I feel like he's a better actor. And it wasn't. I looked him up. Is TV's Frank the monkey? No, he was the guy with the white pompadour. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that's Professor Bobo you're thinking Thank of. Thank you, yes. Hmm. That's exactly who I was thinking of. Professor Bobo. <laughs> but yeah. Overall, I really actually enjoyed this aside from the poor acting of the the guests i enjoyed this a lot yeah i didn't expect to enjoy this one and then i did so that was good yeah again let's let's make neelix's already tragic backstory even sadder oh yeah apparently i I picture my family every night and i share with them something from my day and then ames weeps yeah that was so sad was he saying they were all dead or just his sister they're all All of them he lost everybody they were killed by the by the Plague there. The, oh, the Jetrol Jet plague. Yeah, Jetrol, that piece of shit. Keep making me feel bad for Neelix. You can feel bad for Neelix. He's, I know. They're, they're, they've developed but his character some they more. They showed me those goddamn feet. <laughs> well, the makeup isn't. It wasn't a plague, though. It was like a bomb, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, the the makeup is definitely unfortunate in many ways, but that, you know, isn't the show's fault. They make him a literal neckbeard. Why? <laughs> I also never really liked the sort of the shade of yellow they put on his, like, the side of his head and his cheeks, because it looks like, it's like callous yellow, and that's always bothered me. It looks like it's jaundice. Mm. Yeah, but then he's got spots. Yeah, yeah, but the spot, like, the yellow behind the spots, it always just looked like a callus to me. Bothers me. I can see that. I do think the character is not served well by the makeup. I feel like that gives a kind of shitty first impression. 100%, yeah. That's a good well, hair, It's like a jokey cat monster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And normally I would think that I would be all about a cat monster, but he's not cat-like enough. Cat in the wrong way. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, like the same, the the same the pro- there was the same problem with Phlox on Enterprise, because you're kind of like, yeah, he looks like he should be comic relief. Mm, oh, is yeah. he the blowfish thing? Yeah. Yes. See, it's also kind of like the Ferengi, but they mostly are comic reliefs. So you kind of expect, yeah, yeah the, you kind of expect the Ferengi that. look like a joke, and that's why we couldn't take them seriously. Yeah, they, they wanted as us villains. Yeah, uh, they wanted no, us to take let's them be fair. The reason why we couldn't take them seriously as villains is, <laughs> but even once they stop moving around like that, you're just like, what? They am I kept the at? hissing though. There's a lot of more hissing in Deep Space Nine than I remembered. Mm. Like Nog does a lot of hissing. That's true. He does. And every time I'm like. Ugh. 
I love Nog. Didn't completely abandon it, I guess. Get your electric whips. Really, if they are frog creatures, they should ribbit. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Thank God we didn't get that. You know, they're like part of the Ferengi mating process is they inflate big neck sacks like a frog. Wow. No, it's in their head. I think we've talked about it. I think they are still mammals. I'm pretty sure they give live birth. You know, it's still fun to call them frog creatures. We never see a baby one of them. I'd much prefer to imagine a tadpole with Rom's head swimming around (laughs) going, Moogie! No! (laughs) Not a Rom tadpole. God, for their mother's sakes, I hope the ears are very flexible when they're born. They look pretty flexible. Anyway, speaking of ears. Oh, wow. That's the segue we're going with. Neat. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. So we've talked about Ferengi before. This week we're going to talk about for our blogtivity, blogtivity corner, an, another alien race and who our favorites are. This week is Romulan week because last week was Vulcan week and the two go hand in hand. Romulans, there are, we see a lot of Romulans so far. Yeah, there's way show. more Romulans to pick through than uh, Vulcans. Yeah, my list was very tricky because also like I don't know if there's any Romulans who I specifically like love, but there are a lot whom I really like. So it, it made the, it made them all kind of tie. Mm. So I have a very tricky list. I just chose the ones that I could remember that I didn't hate. <laughs> Which, yes, means the one from season one of Picard was not on my list. Oh, Greasy well, I think I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go first then, because yeah. you seem to remember who you want to talk about. Yeah, aside from his slightly oversized front teeth, I thought he was cute. He was greasy. He was very greasy. So my favorite Romulans are the first one we ever meet, Mark Leonard's Yay! Romulan. We might have been friends and under other uh, different circumstances. I liked that. Mark Leonard is always wonderful. Number two is, what the hell is his name? Vreenak? Oh God, it's Vreenak! A fake. It's a fake! Yes! <laughs> Just because it's a well, fake. Well, you know what screen cap you need. I already have it, so. Exactly. He's just so, like, at the beginning, he's so arrogant. He's so, like, just lording it over the Federation. Because he's like, yeah, I'm in good with the Dominion, bitches. And then, of course... Good try with the Romulan, with the synthetic Romulan ale. You're close, but you're not quite there. Well, actually, it's a little better than I thought at first. <laughs> Unlike this fucking rod, it's a so he's great and uh i know this probably doesn't count but i'm using it anyway which is troy as a romulan i was thinking about troy romulan troy because it is the best of being a romulan and it's also some of the best of troy that we get and therefore it is worthy of mention i agree i I was very highly considering troy nice well good i'm glad that i'm glad i i she was one of my first thoughts but i was like yeah, I'll give her an honorable well, mention. Well, I was all last week. I was like, "Do you think I can say Amanda?" <laughs> I mean, I know she's not Vulcan, but she's had a little Vulcan in her. She's Vulcanish. Right? That's funny. She doesn't look Druish. <laughs> I can go. Go. All right. So my top three Romulans are Admiral Jarak. Yes, good. I'm glad you said Jarak from uh, the Defector. Oh yeah. You know our friend who. Was a patriot, but thought that his government was going to do something horrible, so ended up betraying uh, betraying his government. And, uh, and they betrayed the fuck out of him back! Yeah, so, and probably killed his family. Oh, definitely. Oh. So, yeah, so, pouring out for Jarok and his family. I'm going to go with Toreth, 
the commander, I had to look up the name, so I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but who was the commander of the warbird in Face of the Enemy. Yep, yep, she's a good one. Because, uh, like, she, she was... She and Troy having a sass off, love it. Yeah, because she was, she was shrewd, she was taking no shits, she, you know, she knew that she could smell a rat. Mm-hmm. And then when it came down to it, she killed the guy that betrayed her, you know, and was would have killed Troy as well. Although she probably then got home and was killed, because yeah. oh, at the end of the day, they did get that you defector didn't, out. You didn't scheme enough. You're, yeah. you're toast. So she did end up doing a goof, but you know, I, I liked her, and she, you know, and her sparring with um, with Troy was was great. Yeah. How are there any Romulans left if they kill all the ones that fuck up their schemes? That's what <laughs> I'd know. like to know. Someone schemes to make more Romulans, obviously. Um, I see. And then my last one's going to be Bokra. Oh, was yay! Jordy's friend oh, from that's a good The Enemy. Pick. Who oh, they were trapped on Galorndon Core together. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's a good pick. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, made, they were enemies at first and then became friends. Frenemies. And, like, they learned how to live with each other. Meanwhile, on the ship, Worf was denying medical care to another... It is his right. <laughs> his body, his, his choice. I know, but he was a piece of shit. Well, so was the guy. Because the guy true. wouldn't have even taken it That's if he'd true. offered. So, oh, racism... Yeah. That's what he said. It's easy, <laughs> it's easy to say that, that once you've heard you're not going to get it. racism is okay, but on the and planet... <laughs> in space... You have to... Racism is a dish best served cold. Yes. Yeah, those are my three. All right. Do you want to go Chris or shall I go? Mm, I got to call an audible. All right. So definitely Mark Leonard. Okay. Mark Leonard's commit. Does he get a name? Not in the show. I think uncanonically he's got a show, but I forget what it yeah, is. Yeah, whatever. I'm torn because I still, I got another three and I'm not sure. Oh yeah. This was a, this was a tough pick because they're, Romulans are very fun. Like I said, it was easy for me because I could only remember a couple of them specifically. All right. Yeah. I'm going to also go with Torith. Good, good choice. Tourette, whatever it is. And then, uh, Telecra Moore. Oh, I, I'm, I'm so glad you said him, because he was another one of my almost made the lists. No, which one's he? He was the one in the mini wormhole episode, mm. where they gave him letters, but it turns out he oh, was in yeah. the past yeah. and all that. He's yeah. such a he's good cool. guy. Yeah, he's, he's very interesting. I really liked him. I was also considering Jareth, mm. uh, and also honorable mention to Romulan Troy. Jareth? Not oh, Jarok. Jarok, sorry. So wait, isn't Jareth the labyrinth? Possibly. But yeah, I, I consider the, that was the audible, was between Voyager and TNG Admiral there. was like, oh, it's oh, one yeah. of these two, yeah. which I have to decide. But yeah, Mark Lander was immediately like, well, that's just obvious. <laughs> um, oh man, I have I have no overlap, and this my, my list is also very, very fun for, for me. Because I got, no, no, even though it's absolutely uh, like ridiculous, I've got to say Sela. Because she schemes would. so hard. But she's so bad at it. But she's good. That's how Romulans are. That's they why they she's all are pretty Romulan. much. Like, the it's most it's Romulan. Romulan. That makes her my favorite Romulan because she like, is just so schemy and that's excellent for her. So I have to, and also, it's just also gutsy to just, to just have that character. So mm. fun fun for me. Meaning like because it's played by Denise Because Crosby. it's played by Denise Crosby. Yeah. Like you know what we need, we need to get you back somehow, and, and do they some did. Weird temporal shit that makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. More like she was like, please bring me back. I mean, that was Denise Crosby's Romulan scheme. So mm. fucking excellent. Um, the female Romulan commander, whom we see in the Enterprise incident, 
Yeah, yeah, she's uh, a good one too. Timeline says her name is Nevesa. I've also seen her name as other things, other places, because no one has yeah, agreed again, on no, her name. No name in the episode. Yep, she has no name in the Just episode. The they but really her... did not name Romulans in TOS. They didn't. No, oh. yeah, none of them. I mean, yeah, she was good. She yeah, was, she was good. She was horny. Yeah, yeah. She I did consider her too. Had a boner for Spock. She wore the fuck out of that outfit. She had that great chair. chair. She had that great fucking oh, chair. Great chair. Love her. Um, and my last one, like, this was really fucking hard. So I'm going to give my honorable mention to Navek, the guy who brought Troy into Face of the Enemy. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. Played by our friend Scott McDonald, who was also Tosk, that guy, That's just because right. I, I enjoy him a lot. But you know what? Just on the ability to scheme and just the kind of interesting character. Nero. Norik. No shit. I like Norik. Well, fuck. I know, nice. Kate, I know Caitlin doesn't, but Wait, I like... Narek again? The... From season one of Picard. Oh, the oh yeah, I don't See, like I, I, if, if you were going to go with anybody from Picard, you got to go with O. O is fine. Yeah, she's B. Elnor, she... I think they never fucking use. Yeah, Elnor is useless. But, um, but very pretty. I, what I appreciate, too, is that they finally, with that, for all its potential failings, I still haven't decided how I feel about the first season. <laughs> still. Yeah, I go ahead and rewatched it. Yeah, well, we yeah, watched so. it for, for our, our show at some point. We will. Okay, yeah. But... I appreciated that they gave the Romulans culture. Exactly. Aside from just weird schemers. Like, we get to find out a bit more about them. Yeah, and that's kind of why I like Narc, because we see some interesting Romulan stuff come out of him. Yeah. I loved when he played with his mystery box. Mm-hmm. I loved when he walked that labyrinth on the floor. And what was a nice touch was it all felt like you could kind of see how this probably grew out of a much earlier Vulcan culture. You know, like, this was stuff they mm-hmm. took with them when they broke away, and it evolved into its own thing. Yeah, it was, that was one of, to me at least, a definite strong suit of that, was learning a bit more about the Romulans beyond just weird schemers and it's a fake. Yeah, yeah. And I I got the awful kind of the implication because we see Narek talk with his sister an awful lot. Yeah. Way too much. Mm. A A little way too much. A creepy Lannister vibe. They really did. But I got the impression from her that he was kind of like looked down upon from other Romulans. Like, he was kind of a shit. Well, at the very least, within their group. Like, he was not, I think... They probably felt like he wasn't as focused on the mission. He wasn't scheming enough. Yeah, no. He schemed in a different way, and that's kind of what I liked about him. He seemed to just like to fuck. That, too. That, too. He was pretty. I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Also, again, no matter how you feel about Picard Season 1, check out the soundtrack. It's got some fucking beautiful music. Why are we bringing this? <laughs> well, because one of the best pieces is Soji and Narek Waltz. Oh, it's I'll have to check it out. Absolutely lovely. Neat. Nice that he got in there because I kind of thought about it. I was like, hey, maybe. So it's nice to see him there. Yeah, I just kept coming back to me like, because you know, I like Navek, I like Jirok, I like Bokra, but I thought I was very just, I was so intrigued by Narek in yeah. just how he did, he was a little different from Romulan, but also yeah. like he expanded what I thought about Romulans. Yeah. And I'll admit, part of me almost wanted to say Nero, just because uh, Banna gives such a weird performance. <laughs> I do not remember a fucking thing about But that's more Banna than Nero, really. Oh, well, yeah, Nero's of. weird. You're talking about 2009 Trek? Yeah. Yeah, he's very strange. He is. But yeah, Romulans. Yeah, Romulans. I like that we see lots of them in Picard. They yeah. do a great job with it. Yeah, I feel like they're they're kind of an under uh, underappreciated. Now, here's the thing. Even though he's biologically human, would you count Shinzon as a Romulan? Because he's he's definitely got the scheming. Mm. Or is he a Reman? 
Yeah, he's probably I think more he'd be closer to Raymond. That's a good Robbie, point. Shin's yeah. on Nemesis. Yeah. yeah. Next week, top three Raymonds. Okay, <laughs> two have names, and one of them is Picard. <laughs> what? Well, one of them is Shin's on. Yeah, Shin's on. Thank you. What's um, the other one's name? The Viceroy? Does he have a name, or is he just the Viceroy? I only know him as the Viceroy. I just know it's what's his name under all that makeup. Well, that's not his name. <laughs> no, I know. Fuck, what's his name? Ron Perlman. Mm. Oh, Ron Perlman, yeah. Hellboy? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was also thinking, I was also considering Kretak as a possible Romulan to bring up. Uh, she oh, was the senator yeah. that um, was buddy, well, not buddy, buddy, but enemy. With Kira for ten and, minutes, and then they were at each other's throats? Yeah. I thought about her. And then later, she gets, she's the frame, the frame job that... Oh, right, but with a different actor. It's a different actor, but it's the yeah. same character. That's right, yeah. I forgot about that. I was thinking Donatra a little bit. We see her in, in Nemesis. She's the one that kind of flips and joins yep. Federation sees, against Raymond. Sees the writing on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Does she, get, does she get her face melted? No, no, she she's because she's originally on his side. So oh, right, I right, think right, she's right. actually the one that brings the device to the Senate and walks oh, out. Oh, you're right. Yep, yep. What's yep. the one in Picard season two? Torin? Talon. 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 Yeah, I like her. She's interesting. It does not fucking make sense that she looks exactly the same as Laris. I mean. She's in the same fucking show as Brent Spiner playing yet another That's true. <laughs> McFly or whatever the fuck his name is. McFly. <laughs> oh God, I have so many <clears throat> thoughts about the current season two. Well, I think, well, I think, because I, I know we, I, I at least want to do a Strange New World season one rep and maybe you can tie in some of your thoughts No, then. because it would take weeks Jesus to Christ. unpack. Yeah, we're just going to, we'll tackle season two when we get to it apparently. <laughs> There's just a lot to unpack there. I want to unpack. Look at your little leggy. Fair. Well, it's got such a tasty little rump meat. I know. <laughs> Talking about Jake, the white, of course. the white cat is here. Oh no, the white cat. Yeah, yeah. Cats, cats got pointy ears. Are they Romulans or Vulcans? Yes. Uh, Romulans. Vorta. <laughs> this one's a. This one's a Vulcan. The other one's a Romulan. I don't know. I feel like all cats are always scheming. So. Not this guy. That's true. He can't tell a lie. But Vulcans lie all the time. We saw Vorik do it last week. You have such a cute dippy face, don't you? You're so cute. So, what are we doing next week? Yeah, so next week we have more things to do. We have more Voyager that we are voyagering through. We're getting closer and closer to the end of season three with every every week. Let's see. Next week is going to be episodes Favorite Son and Before and After. Hmm. So that will be next, next week. Make sure to join us for that. You can follow along with all of these blogtivities. So I am going to have all these pictures of Romulans up on our SoundCloud. Nope. Tumblr. Wow. Our Tumblr page, SSHV Podcast. Links are all over the goddamn place. I'm sure you can find it pretty quickly. Uh, but check it out there. Check out all the other alien races we've been discussing. And just all of our other blogtivities. They've all been really fun. Mm, yeah. Let's see, you can also friend us on Facebook and Twitter. You can follow all the other episodes of the podcast on SoundCloud or any any podcast location. We're there. You can scheme along with all the Romulans, as we're going to be doing all the goddamn time. Uh, this has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. And this is always Chris. It's a fake. It's a Jake. <laughs> it's a cake. Ooh. <laughs> I like cake. <laughs>